I was learning how to rank different websites with like different industries or niches. And you could sort of see how different tactics work. And I thought that's so interesting because you sort of get insights into like what people are saying versus like what you can do. Learn modern marketing that you can use to grow your business in today's competitive landscape. This is Digital Marketing Masters with Matt and Carrie Rouse. Welcome to Digital Marketing Masters. I'm your host, Matt Rouse. And today my guest is Kevin Yerudia. How are you, Kevin? Hey, Matt. I'm doing great. Thanks for having me on today. Hey, no problem. Kevin is the co-founder of New York-based Voy Media that specializes in creating clients' Facebook and Instagram ads that are sophisticated and super creative. Kevin's team are usually half on-site and half around the world. And during lockdown, they have been working remotely. Kevin has his own podcast, Digital Marketing Fast Lane, which helps you build, launch, grow, and scale a successful online business. And Kevin, I wanted to ask you, how did you get into building Voy Media and kind of marketing for startups? Yeah, so how I got into building Voy Media, at least for me, it started a long time ago. So my background is in computer science, software engineering. I went to school in upstate New York, Binghamton. I did their CS program. And even before I went to Binghamton, I was kind of always into building things or at least starting something. When I was in like high school, there was this game I used to play called Secrets of War. It's like a 2D text game. And I thought the game was really addicting. I don't know, maybe because I was like very young, but I just contacted a developer. His name was, I think he's like lived in the Netherlands or something. His username was like hot cut. And I was like, Hey, like, I'm really interested in like this game. How did you make it? And he's like, Oh, I, I built it in.net, you know,.net's like a Microsoft language. Right. And he was just like, yeah, like I, I'm the solo developer of it. And he's like, this is why features take so long to get developed for the game because it's just me building it. Like, and at least for me, like I talked to him a little bit more through email and I just thought that was interesting. Like that really made me learn at least about programming. And then I was like, oh, I kind of like this, like this space because growing up, I didn't really know about programming. My family came from like El Salvador. We were literally taught like traditional stuff. Hey, you gotta be a doctor or something like that. Right. Programming was more like, hey, my mom was like, are you gonna play video games all day long? I was like, no, it's like, you can make video games though. <laughs> like, right. but that's kind of how I got like this sort of like interest in building startups. I, I guess at the time for me, it was called like projects or like applications, but people call it startups, like building a business, right? So that's kind of how I got into learning about entrepreneurship or startup. And really for me at that time, I was really tech run, tracker news, all that sort of like startup stuff. And anyways, I went to college. I started an uh, agency there called One Tiny Bit. And we were we were making iPhone apps and Ruby on Rails apps for people. And right. I guess I didn't really know this is startup marketing, but I remember trying to get clients. And what we did was we went to Craigslist. So I was like, oh, Craigslist has people. I was like, I, and I put postings up. Hey, we're college students. We have an agency. If you have an idea, we'll build it for you. And we did that. And we actually got like five to 10 clients. Nice. And yeah, and it worked. And another way that we did it too was I saw people posting, hey, I have an idea who can build it, right? I don't, I'm not sure if people do it now, but I basically wrote a Ruby on Rails script that would scrape Craigslist. This was before Craigslist was like crazy. Right. Like, this is like, now like you can't do that stuff. But basically, and even for me, I didn't know anything. Like this was like when I was like 20, I just hooked up my personal email account to like a program that would just send like mass cold emails and it says, hey, I'm a developer. We're interested in learning about your project. Can we help? And basically responding to Craigslist posts. And that's right. how we got more clients. But I, at this time, I didn't realize this was like marketing. I was just like, I just got to figure out how to get clients. So, right. Hey, you um, want to know something funny about Craigslist? Yeah. 
So crap, I don't even know how long ago this was now, but I had a client, actually it was a friend of mine ran like a cell phone repair shop. One of his yeah. clients came in, said that he spends like, you know, thousands of dollars paying people just to list all the used cars on Craigslist, right? Cause you got to list oh, yeah. them every day over and over and over. Right. So yeah. that they go to the top of the list. Yeah. Well, I wrote this script that would take his database to use cars and it would just auto post them in the different areas around town. Yeah. Right. It was brilliant. Yeah. It worked. It was super fast. I had like all this weird little functionality and like it would wait a random amount of time. Sometimes it would throw in a spelling mistake. Like it did yeah. all this stuff to kind of trick it from being yeah. able to tell that it was not a real person. And so anyways, we were going to charge a dollar a car and he usually had about 1200 cars a week go through his place. So we're going to make thousands yeah. of dollars with this yeah, auto yeah. posting script, right? We got it. We got our first check. We started using it. And two days later, they started charging two bucks to list the car and then yeah. <laughs> no one would pay for it oh my because God. we had to make a profit on top of it. So yeah. then and now we're at three bucks a car. Now it's 3,600 bucks a week. Now they don't want to pay for it anymore. So yeah. I spent months building this thing and then like it just got crushed because they started charging where it used to be free. It's so funny you're saying that because for, I was telling you earlier, like my cleaning company, we would do that too for hiring maids and we would just go every single right. day and like hire, hire, and then it costs money. And then you saw like the listings just completely dropped. Right. And it's so crazy because yeah, Craigslist, even to this day, I think Craigslist is like a great market of like finding things. Yeah. So yeah, it's so funny. We did it all the time with our, our cleaners too. We just post like hiring, hiring, hiring. And we saw competitors just like crazy amount of ads. We're just so like, what, I gotta do this. Yeah. Why don't you tell us about your cleaning business that you started? Yeah. So after San Francisco, basically I moved to San Francisco. I came back to New York after five, four, four years there. And I started Mate Sailor, which is my cleaning company. And the reason why I started the cleaning company was because at this time I was like building stuff in San Francisco. I was one of competitions and I was like, never getting traction or like customers essentially. And that's when I started learning more about SEO. And I learned about SEO because I was working at a startup called Zarly. And we were also trying to figure out how to get more customers organically. And that's when I kind of finally learned about SEO. You know, I was telling you before, Moz.com. I think that was a big website. All the forums was a really big thing. And I was yeah. like, oh, this is kind of interesting. And then I started learning about like landing pages or content, all that stuff you kind of learn about SEO. And I was like, oh, this is interesting. Maybe I could do like local SEO. And then that's when I came back to New York. And I was like, I'm looking at like, at this time, I kind of was like, you know, you kind of learn about like, you're reading the SERPs, you know, uh, kind of like what do you look for and stuff. So I was like, oh, let me try a cleaning company. Maybe I can test my SEO skills. I mean, literally, I would just figure my own website, right? <laughs> like, right. Uh, and and then that's when I kind of did mate sellers. And that really worked really well because initially... I think in, at least for me, like with anything, it's a little bit of luck, right? Local SEO was kind of just starting. Google, you know, the local listings, that kind of just came out. Right. So nobody really knew how to rank. And like at this time, like nobody was like on it. So like, you probably know when you're like the first one, you're always like, I'm like, oh, this is working. Right. And then we were getting customers like within like the first six months of me starting the company. And I was like, oh, I got to like double down on SEO. And then really from there, that's how I learned more about SEO. I was learning like local search forums. I learned about like optimizing your listing, optimizing your Google My Business or Google Plus, whatever it's called back then. And really learning about content marketing and blog posting. So that's really where for me, within six months, I really kind of shifted my whole focus for the company on just marketing my business. And I hired people 
to really run the business for me. And that's kind of one of the biggest shifts I made in my sort of running my business is like, I didn't really like the scheduling of maids, calling customers, right? That's like, that's like running the business. But I was like, I really like the marketing part of it. So then I was just like, I got to hire somebody to help me. And then I just hired some people that was just like, hey, like I'm starting this thing. I need help. Like I can help you with like some customer service stuff, but I really want to just focus on the marketing of my business. So within like a few months, I had about three people working for me, just doing everything from interviewing mates, hiring mates, firing them, customer service reps, uh, making sure the schedule is done on time. And for me, I dove into just completely figuring out how can we get more customers? And that involved like SEO, getting onto the directories, right? Making sure we have reviews, like review funnels, all that stuff. And really for mate sellers, at least I tell people all the time, that was really focused on SEO, like anything related to SEO, content, looking right. for writers, like finding people, making all the mistakes about how to rank a website. Like, oh, maybe find a cheap writer. And it's like, oh, they're, I'm like, this thing sucks. <laughs> right. Like I got to rewrite it again, right? It's like, why, is the, why am I paying like your cheap content? And then like, I got to rewrite it. It's like, this is a waste of my time, right? So you learn these sort of things where like people tell you, and then you really, I don't know, at least for me, SEO was like, I tell people when you're like, you're like into the space, you kind of like, like I met so many friends through SEO. I mean, like even to this day, like I'm in private groups with like SEO guys that we talk about what they're doing. And it's funny enough because even though I was like building my maid company, I was like, I got into more SEO. I was like, I learned about affiliate marketing. So then I started doing some Amazon affiliates. I was right. like, oh, cause I was like, cause you start learning what people are doing with SEO. Right. And I'm like, oh, these guys are making more money than me than my cleaning company. Maybe I should do affiliate marketing. Right? Right. So then like, and they're like, and there's no staff and there's no overhead. I was like, this is so much better. So then I, I got into Amazon. I started ranking Amazon sites. And at least for me, this was exciting for me because I was learning how to rank different websites with like different industries or niches. And you could sort of see how different tactics work. And I thought that's so interesting because you sort of get insights into like what people are saying versus like what you can do. And I think it's like very different sometimes because sometimes people say it doesn't work. I'm like, oh, it's kind of work still. And I was like, oh, but I don't really have to do too much crazy stuff to make a website rank. Right. Um, obviously it's very different now. And Google is much more complex. And I think yeah. you've probably seen it. Like all these big brands are now like ranking for every sort of web keyword, like every review keyword, product right. review keyword. Like it's crazy. Like you can't even compete in like this sort of like affiliate there's, space anymore. Yeah. There's yeah. not a keyword that can be anywhere involved in selling someone something. Someone is working on SEO yeah. for that term. Like it's just... Yeah. The, the days are gone of finding a keyword that that is does not have someone doing something to try and make it rank better. It's just so crazy. Like it's before it was like, you can really make money, but like, it's so tough now. Like any sort of product review keyword, it's like buy some sort of big brand. Like if it's like Business Insider or New York Times or the Wire Cutter, right? right? You could sort of see the space, the writing on the wall. It's like, wow, these companies yeah. know that you can make so much money. So yeah, well, they um, found out they couldn't sell yeah. newspapers and magazines yeah. anymore. So they uh, Which is like, had to do I, something. I think, I think it's so great. Like, so for me, like thinking about it, like business standpoint for like Amazon, I'm like, it's, I'm like, if I was Walmart, if I was like Target, I was like, you see that all these guys are just listing Amazon, like make your commissions higher and you can get more traffic because Amazon knows this is yeah. just like marketing for them, like customer acquisition costs. Like SEO guys are basically spending their own money to rank products that Amazon's going to pay them a commission. And they're basically getting customers into like the Amazon Prime, all the sort of services that Amazon makes more money from. So, yeah. Amazon yeah. is is really good at the kind of, once someone gets into the fold, 
then they have all kinds of service and stuff to hook them and make the cost of switching really difficult. So it's so good. Yeah. And that's sort of why I think, I think if you like, even look at like Amazon, I guess like quarterly reports or whatever, you realize that their Amazon.com, like the e-commerce doesn't really make the money. It's like everything around it that does, Yeah. but they know that like Amazon.com is like the way in and it's so it's a great sort of channel. Yeah. I, I like to think of Amazon as like, you know, it's, it's, it's kind of like when you would have, you know, some kind of big sale at, yep. at a store like Black Friday or something, and they have all the leader product. That's yep. basically everything that people buy regularly on Amazon is a leader product. It's just yep. to get you in there so that when you do need to buy the stuff that they make money on. You know, they'll make a little bit of cash, but they make all their money off the seller fees and and Amazon yeah. web services and their data services and you know. Yeah, and like their ads now. Like, yeah, like, and their ads network said, is huge. Yeah. We sell on Amazon like our outdoor gear product and like their Amazon ad business is like crazy. Like I think it's I think there was a report, it's even bigger than Twitter's or Snapchat's ad business, oh, which yeah. is like insane. Like it's bigger than both of them combined. Yeah. I think they said it was seventeen billion dollars last year. Yeah, it's like crazy. And like, I think it's so funny because like, I mean, you probably talk to friends. I talk to friends they're just like, oh, Amazon has ads. I was like, yes. Like the five, <laughs> you don't even yes. know that they're ads. Yeah, it's like, yeah. yes. The first five spots are like ads on Amazon. <laughs> like, yes. But this is crazy because the trust is so there that people don't even realize. But of course with Amazon, it's like people are kind of like not believing the review. So that's something I think they probably need to work on is like that review filter, right? So. Yeah. yeah, I remember we had talked earlier that uh, we were talking about backgrounds like for video. Yeah. And uh, I said that I was kind of modeled the background of my house off of Gary V's video background, except without pictures of myself all over it. But yeah. uh, that's kind of a Gary V stab. But funny thing is, though, Gary V, five, six years ago, he was talking about, you know, you got that Alexa, that smart speaker or Siri or something, and somebody's just going to say, you know, Siri, send me a pair of jeans size 32. Yeah. They're not going to say, get me a pair of Levi's blue notes or yeah. whatever. Right. And uh, that stuff has happened. Right. Amazon essentials. Right. Yep. yep. Nobody cares exactly. what brand it is. They buy Nobody one. Nobody cares of brands. No, it's like. When it comes to anything that's a commodity. Yeah. They don't care. They don't care. It's like, it's like, think about it. It's like a Walmart experience. It's like, hey, yeah, I just want the cheapest thing that works well. Yeah, unless it's something super expensive. Yeah. Right. So if it's like, I, I heard somebody the other day, they were like complaining that someone had bought like an $800 pair of leather shoes when they could go and buy a pair of leather shoes at this other store for like a hundred bucks. And I was like, but they're not buying $800 fancy Italian made leather shoes from a certain brand because they need shoes. They're buying it so that other people see the shoes. Okay. What? It's so crazy. (laughs) Right. And even like, even going back to what you said before the commodity, I think it's like interesting because like, like maybe about, I'm thinking about maybe 80, 80% of the stuff that you buy is a commodity. And there's like 20% of people want like these custom things. And so you're seeing this crazy, like price discrepancy between like commodities. And then like these luxury goods are just like $500 t-shirts. It's like, what either you want a five dollar t shirt, like a five dollar t shirt, by like these celebrities, like these drops. It's so crazy. I'm just like, yeah, it's like either you want something super cheap or then you want something super expensive. There's no in between now. And I think that that in between is really like changing for people. So, 
Yeah. And, you know, it's just like I said, you know, somebody doesn't want a $500 t-shirt because they want a high quality t-shirt. I mean, I'm sure they do want uh, it for paying that, but they want a $500 t-shirt because they want other people to see that they can afford a $500 t-shirt. Yeah. And exactly. Right. It's just, it's just like status symboling, right? It's kind of like, it's like why Porsches. Yeah. Yeah. Nobody needs a Rolls Royce to get from point A to point B, but yeah, you know, they still want a Rolls Royce, you know, and, yeah. and it's like the, the hood ornament on a Rolls Royce will retract yeah. back into it when it parks yeah. Yeah. <laughs> because they, people will steal it because it's a status symbol. Uh, I, yeah. I would think it's a status symbol that you steal things, but yeah, you know, who knows? So anyways, let's get down to brass tacks for a second. If you were going to start another startup company, right? Some kind of service industry. Where do you think nowadays, where do you think is the best place to start for your marketing? For me, at least I still love SEO. Like that's, even though I do paid stuff at Boy Media, I still think SEO is probably one of the best marketing channels that you should be starting immediately once you're thinking of an idea. And this involves from keyword research to saying, first of all, is this business viable? Are enough people looking for this thing that you can actually make it a business? I think like anything, you've probably seen it where people are like, oh, I want to start this company. And it's like, no one's searching for this thing or even looking remotely. So like, you're already going to have a hard time. So I always start off with the keyword research and saying, yep, this has enough search volume. This makes sense. Let me do that. And then I really try to think about the content I'm going to do for it. What's going to be the blog post? What are going to be the homepage keywords, the sub pages? I, I kind of really, when I think of a website or like when I think about business, I've made the mistake of making your homepage like the main keyword. I really think about the homepage as kind of like the entryway. And then you have like sub pages where those are the pages you're looking to rank because right. you can have better intent. You can have more content. You can change them up as like the, the market evolves. So that's how I think about it now. And then at least for me, I still love doing WordPress for new businesses because I think it's the best for SEO. Of course, maybe people will, will right. say different, but I like WordPress. So people, well, there are some, yeah. there's some yeah. options nowadays, but I mean, we still use WordPress predominantly, you know, some, some instances we'll use, go with a Shopify or something like that. Yeah. Right. But man, the last, the, the days of hand coding websites, it's sure yeah, been a while no since way. I did that. You know, unless you need yeah. something that's mobile only, it's going to load super fast. You know, maybe you'll get yeah. into the code and cut it down. But I me, mean, like, I don't like, I'm like, I'm just going to do like a drag and drop. I'm like, sorry, I'm not going to code a custom yeah. website anymore. Like, unless it's like, and again, going back to what we said, like, I, I would code a custom website, at least for me, after you've proven some sort of traction. Hey, this thing is working. Let's use a stock. Like, I think at least for me, I don't get caught up in like the, the domain name, the theme I'm going to use. I'm like, that's so secondary. First of all, can I rank this? Does this bring customers? And then maybe six, seven months from now, let's make a custom theme. Let's reinvest in it. I think a lot of people think yeah. of the opposite, which is like, let me go spend 10K on a domain name. Let me go get a custom website design. And then you're already there, like thinking that you're going to win. But like, really, you don't know. So let's just yeah. go with like the cheapest possible way, an MVP with something that looks decent. And let's see if we can make it work. And then we do it. Yeah, it's a difficult, especially in the agency world, because you know that people want and also have been taught that brand is like everything. So yeah. they're like, I got to have the right colors and, and they agonize over which stock photo to use and this kind of stuff. Yeah. When none of that stuff brings any customers to your website. Nope. Right. So unless you've already got a way to drive traffic into your system, all that stuff should be secondary to actually yeah. getting somebody interested there. 
And I think so too. And it's so crazy because like people understand that at least people inherently know that, but yet they get so caught up in the brand, the colors. And I'm just like that, that's important, but only important once you have customers. And I don't know, it's like this never ending like discussion with people. I'm like, let's just get you customers. Let's just see if we can drive traffic. Let's just put your brand name there and then let's go. Once you have customers, we can then layer in this sort of brand right. and voice thing. At least for me, I'm very into like scrappy, like let's test it, build it. And great. Now we have, now we have money. Now let's right. invest in the brand. Like right? I'm like, I don't want to spend 10K on branding when I have no customers. I was like, this is kind of, yeah. for me, it's like, makes no sense. But people think opposite. They raise money. They go to these brand branding agencies, right? Spend 50K on a project. Yeah. And then it's like, great. Now, now, because I'm a great brand, I'm going to get customers. I'm like, that, that's not how, that's not how it works. And yeah. I think you probably know, Matt, like once you do it once and you fail, you're like, I'm not going to do that again. <laughs> like, yeah. yeah I'll just spend your money on stuff. That's going to make you more money yeah. first. Yeah. And you know, here's a super easy way to do it. Find a color that you like for your brand, right? Go to a color picker, like color picker or, or, or go get a paint swatch from the paint store that has that color in it. So you know what the yeah. other colors that match it are. And then you just get the layout and theme that you want of something that looks like a website for a company similar to yours and similar size. Yeah. And just kind of put your own, you know, text and, and, and information into that framework and use something like WordPress, right? It's easy to get started and then spend all your time promoting. Yeah. You know, there's, there's an interesting thing. I find a lot of people, they do a lot of work, like we said on branding, right? Branding imagery, that kind of stuff without thinking, how am I going to get somebody to the website? But also they use that branding and stuff. And then they put it out through like Facebook and social media posts and all this stuff with, again, no other thought of how am I going to get someone to look at it? Right. And I think what the thought is, is that if I have a good logo and a good brand and a good message and, and good photos, and I put that on Facebook and Instagram and Twitter and Pinterest and my website looks nice that people are going to come to it or mm. people are going to see it, which is absolutely not true. No one is going to see it. You know how many five, ten, twenty thousand dollar websites over the years that I have seen come and go without because they got no customers when they could have spent fifteen or twenty thousand dollars on, you know, SEO, marketing, yeah. events, influencers, whatever, right? Just ways to get traffic. It saddens me. There's a lot of good businesses out there. A lot of good people wasted a ton of money. I think so too. And and I see that happen all the time. And it's tough because even for me, you probably discussed this with people. I'm just like, hey, this is not going to make you money. And then they get offended. And I'm, yeah. like, I'm like, oh, okay, like I can help you. But like, if you wanted the truth, this is the truth. And it's like, it's funny because sometimes like, sometimes you can get to them. And it's like, yeah, I've talked to brand owners like one year. I'm just like, hey, this is not going to work. And next year they're like, Okay. Yeah. It didn't work. I'm like, okay, right. let's actually do the stuff that we said is going to work. Right. And that's great because like anything, sometimes you need experience. You need to be burned in order to feel how that heat feels. And it's like, okay, yep. I know now that you weren't lying to me. I'm that's like, yeah, true. great. And that's, that's why for, at least for us, or maybe for you too, like for even for SEO, like the first time, like person that does wants to do SEO, they don't understand it, or maybe you, they require more education. Same thing with paid stuff for us for Facebook or anything we're doing. The first time business owner, it's like, hey, I heard Facebook, you can get like 10 extra returns. I'm like, okay, no, but like, 
<laughs> try Facebook ads for a year first and then come back to us. And it's like, oh yeah, I didn't get 10X. I got like yeah. 2X. I'm like, well, okay, you can, great. but yeah. you can also buy a ticket and win the lottery. Yeah. Doesn't mean it's, it's going like, to happen. It's not going to happen. Yeah. And like, I tell all the time, like this is a process of system and try it first. I always tell people try it and see how it is. You're not going to get these crazy returns. Yeah. And even, even like, even for yourself too, people come to us like, Hey, if I'm getting whatever two X returns, you guys are experts. So you should be getting double that. I'm like, that's not how things work. <laughs> I was like, that's right. not how things work. Like, yeah. I no, think that's the, yeah. You need to have a clear expectation, especially yeah. if you're working, you know, with, with a freelancer or an agency or something, the expectation yeah. has to be upfront. You know, I, I mean, I had a client still never paid us. Honestly, it still kind of burns my ass a bit, but their excuse for not paying us a couple thousand dollars of work that we did for them was they said they only got five times their money back in sales. And I was like, why five X and you're complaining like, and you know, anyway, most businesses would, would kill for five times returns on their advertising dollar. Right. Um, Great. Yeah, I know. But anyway, that's another story for another time. Kevin, somebody wants to get a hold of you. What's the best way for them to reach out to you? Yeah, best way is just Kevin at boymedia.com. I respond to emails or tw- I really like Twitter too. Twitter.com forward slash Danis, D-A-N-E-S-T. That's uh, probably my favorite social media platform right now to nice. communicate with people. Yeah. I've been doing a lot of Twitter lately. I got to be honest. I love Twitter. I it's several like the accounts best way. And yeah. Yeah. I got different accounts for like different groups that I'm in, you know, so yeah. they're kind of themed. Okay, yeah. so I'm super into like indie games, like tabletop games. Okay. Nice. So I have like a brand around that, that I just like use that Twitter account and stuff. And then I talk to those people. Then I use my, you know, my yeah. work ones for my work stuff and my personal for my personal stuff. And I love Twitter. I've been on it for at least 10 years now. It's like my favorite platform of commit, connecting with people who are on Twitter. I think it's a great way to connect with like-minded people and you can curate it. It's not like Facebook. It's just like your old yeah. friends that you don't talk to. I'm like, I don't really care what you're doing. Like, yeah, <laughs> yeah. You're like, I don't care that you got vaccinated. Yeah. I'm like, oh, I don't want to argue with you. I'm just like, let me go to Twitter where like I can follow people that I want to follow, go to lists now. And again, right. if people don't know Twitter, Twitter's like last three months they've been pumping out features it seemed like oh, Twitter yeah. was dormant for like three years it's like it's just suddenly out of changed. nowhere yeah. they're like they're like wait a minute we're gonna be able to charge people extra money if we make yeah. more stuff yeah <laughs> it's like crazy i'm just like oh my god what took you so long like i don't know i was reading an article that like basically i don't know their infrastructure was so old that like they just couldn't build on top so they had yeah. to spend like a whole year re- re-engineering uh, their system yeah, it makes sense yeah so kevin Thank you for coming on the show today and we'll talk to you again soon. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Bye-bye. This has been Digital Marketing Masters with Matt and Carrie Rouse. For notes and a transcript of this episode, go to hookseo.com forward slash podcast. Join us next week as we dive into more tips and ideas to grow your business. Digital Marketing Masters is brought to you by Hook SEO Digital Marketing. Our show is produced by Matthew Rouse and Scott Burson. Mixed and edited by Silent Outburst Productions. I'm your announcer, Daniel D. Craig. We would love to hear your thoughts. Please leave us an honest review with your podcast provider. Your reviews help us help more business leaders just like you.